Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From KMOX Sports. The young swings and that's a high fly ball. Billikens win! Billikens win! This is Sports Open Live. It's a grand slam! Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice. Yes! KMOX. On a Thursday night, we welcome you into the program. My name's Matt Pauley, a one-hour edition today as we take you till 7 o'clock, leading you right into Thursday night football, Cowboys and Titans, the Thursday night matchup tonight. We got a lot to get to between now and then. Kevin McAlpin, who uh, works with the Atlanta Braves radio network, he's going to join us in about 10 minutes. The Atlanta Braves are in pretty good uh, shape. We'll talk uh, all things Major League Baseball with him. I've got the belief that... The Braves are as good as any team in baseball at prioritizing who they want to be parts of their organization and making sure that those players never leave. That's the money that they spend and the way that they invest in players at a young age is impressive. And I really appreciate and respect the way the Atlanta Braves do business. We'll talk uh, all things baseball with uh, Kevin, but he covers the Atlanta Braves. So he's going to join us in uh, just a little bit. Sean Murphy signed a long-term extension with the Braves after he was acquired via trade. So Murphy's going to be the longtime catcher now with the Braves moving forward. Obviously a name that was connected to the Cardinals prior to their acquisition of uh, Wilson Contreras. We'll talk some St. Louis Blues hockey. I'm I've crossed some sort of line with the Blues now where it's it's more than frustration. Uh I I I said earlier today when I was on with um with them on, on the DGS that they're an infuriating team. That was the word I used, infuriating. And I don't think I'm overstating things. I don't think that that is a wrong way to look at this. They are an infuriating team because we know who they can be. We know who they can be. We have seen it time and time again. We saw it when they went on their seven-game winning streak. We saw it when they won four in a row and five of seven. But we also see them go on these long losing streaks. They had the early season one. They had another one. Now they're on a three-gamer right now. And from a consistency standpoint, for whatever reason, They just can't keep their foot down on the pedal. They get their play up to a certain level. They're winning some games. They win for a while, and then all of a sudden it stops, and it stops for a while. I I keep saying, and we're, we're deep into the season now. It is not early in the season anymore. 
they have played 35 games, 16, 16, yeah, 35 games. So we are approaching the halfway point of the season. It's not early anymore. It's midseason, and we're still saying the same things of, oh, we don't really know who they are until they kind of find their groove and, you know, they win a few and then they lose one and they win a couple more and they lose a couple and then they win. Like until they get into just what most teams do during the course of the season in terms of not win, the wins and losses, not just all being stacked next to each other. Once we get to that point, well, maybe we're not going to get there. Maybe that's who this team is. And if that's who this team is, well, that also means this team is not going to be in the postseason this year. I'm not worried about the playoffs at the moment. I've got I've got bigger things to worry about than the playoffs. If if they start playing to the level that they need to play, they're going to be a playoff team. Where they're at right now, they are sitting with 33 points, and the team that has uh, the final playoff spot right now, actually being held by Seattle and Colorado, they each have 40 points. So they're seven points out of a playoff spot right now. When you've still got a little bit more than half the season left to go, seven points is not going to end your season. They can they can start to climb the ladder. But they're not going to start to climb that ladder until they find some consistency. And I don't know what has to happen for, for that to happen. I'm Maybe I'm just not smart enough. I don't know. I, I watch them, and I see who they are one night, and then I see who they are the next night, and I just don't get it. Great win yesterday for Missouri basketball. That was... Kevin Wheeler asked me, uh, I think it was at 515, maybe it was when I was on with him before, but he asked me why Missouri hadn't been ranked. So they'll be ranked next week. When the next rankings come out, I would I would think that Missouri is going to be ranked no matter what. I, it doesn't even matter what they do uh, when they match up against Arkansas, but the next rankings will come out before that Arkansas game. That Arkansas game is next Wednesday. So there will be new rankings out before they play another game, and they're going to be a top 25 team. There's no way that they're not. They've they're twelve and one. They have two wins against top twenty five teams, and their only loss is against a top ten team. So they're going to be ranked. I think we can take a step back and just really appreciate the job that Dennis Gates has done. And it almost doesn't even matter what they do the rest of the way. They're they've already accomplished more this season than I think anybody thought that they would accomplish, and they are one game into SEC play. If we're being very realistic about things, at some point, the the schedule that is the SEC is going to hit them in the face, and they're going to start losing some games, and it kind of going back to that blues thing, then we're going to kind of start to figure out who they are. But right now, who they are is a really good basketball team, that did what really good basketball teams do, and that's defend their home court. I've always said that the greatest home advantage in sports is in college basketball. The home advantage in college basketball is better than the home advantage in college football, is better than the home advantage in NFL football, better than NBA, better than NHL, better than Major League Baseball. The greatest home advantage that exists is in college basketball. And I don't even care like the level of college basketball, D1, D2, D3, Power 5, mid-major, like whatever. The college basketball home court advantage is the greatest home advantage that exists in the world of sports. So what do good teams do? Good teams defend their home court no matter 
how good of a team you're matched up against. Kentucky's a good team. Kentucky's a top 25 team. But if Missouri's going to be a good team, then you go win your home games. And what they did was they won their home game. It didn't matter that it was Kentucky coming in. They won their home game. And we're starting to really see how great Kobe Brown can be. He's really good. Put up a 30 spot last night. Something I'm appreciating. Uh, yeah, he could have left. Coaching changes, guys leave. It's normal to see guys leave. He and Dennis Gates have really connected. And it's fun to watch. And I I think they're good for each other. Uh, he's good for Gates because he helps Gates win games. Um, and I think, he's, I think Gates is making Brown a better basketball player. And it's a really good situation. And it's just a reminder, just a reminder for when there are coaching changes, sometimes where you're at, sometimes that next coach coming in is the best place to be. You're essentially transferring because a new coach is coming in, so it's going to be a brand new environment anyways. Don't just transfer just because there's a new coach and just because that doesn't happen to be the coach that initially recruited you. Sometimes the guy that's coming in is going to be pretty good for you, and I think Brown obviously made the right decision in what he did. So we got a lot to get to in this one-hour program today. Again, we are taking you till 7 o'clock tonight. As always, if you want to join us, 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Up next, Kevin McAlpin's going to join us. We'll talk all things Major League Baseball with him, but specifically lock in on uh, what the Atlanta Braves are doing as they're one of those teams that are the upper in the upper echelon of the National League. We'll discuss all that coming up in just a moment. It's Sports Open Line on a Thursday night on KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Men's Billikens Basketball. New Year's Eve day. Catch the action as they take on St. Joseph's. Pre-game 1147. Tip at noon. Hear it here on your home for Billikens Basketball. King of Moex. Sports Open Line continues here on KMOX. What in the world is this music? 
Matt Pajeski is just shaking his head. He has no clue. I don't know what this is. It's kind of the electronic music. Chris Ranji the other day was talking about electronic music. I think he's into that sort of stuff. Not me. Let's go to the Quiver River guest line. Kevin McAlpin, part of the uh, team with the Atlanta Braves Radio Network and also 680 The Fan in Atlanta joins us. Kevin, are you into electronic music? <laughs> I was uh, trying to figure out what that was myself, Matt. No, I'm, I would not consider myself a uh, electronic music wizard, that's for sure. Okay, we will not see you at the <laughs> at the rave on New Year's Eve. No, uh, no. At... I'll be in my I'll be in my basement watching the Georgia Bulldogs. That's oh. where that's where you can find me. All right, very good. <laughs> at Kevin McAlpin on Twitter. Kevin, uh, so Sean Murphy ends up with the Braves, and then they sign him to a, a six-year, $73 million deal. He had been connected to the Cardinals, and when uh, there was a report at one point on what Oakland wanted back for Murphy, and I was like, yeah, you can't do that when talking about the Cardinals. And then you look at what the Braves ended up giving back and in, in what turned into a three-team deal, and it it didn't seem quite as expensive. I mean, I'm sure you were seeing the same stuff. What was your takeaway when that deal went down? Well, look, Matt, I think the big thing is, is there was a couple of guys in that trade uh, that I think a change of scenery might do them good. You know, Kyle Muller was a guy that for the last few years, you know, we had all looked at in spring training and went, wow, this guy is straight out of central casting, right? He's six foot eight. I mean, he's 250 pounds. He's got a a hundred mile an hour fastball, a wipeout slider, but he just can't throw strikes consistently enough. Now he had a, a, a couple of cups of coffee at the major league level, but really not a point where he could say he had a, an extended period uh, to get playing time here. Like he goes to Oakland. I think he'll get that chance there. And, you know, hopefully it all works out for him. Freddie Tarnick was another real prospect. I thought the Braves were really high on. And obviously uh, they decided to put him in that deal as well. Um, so look, they, they gave up a couple of their top prospects, which they don't have a ton of right now. Now you think back to four or five years ago, the Braves farm system was one of the best in baseball and for trades and for these guys graduating to the major league level, they just don't have the depth in the minors that they used to. So um, I was a little surprised at what they gave up to get him back. But that being said, it was very similar to the Matt Olson deal because you look at it and say, okay, we gave up a bunch of prospects. We're going to lock this guy up to a long-term deal. And that's exactly what they do the other night with, with, uh, with, with Murphy. So uh, another piece of this core that's going to be together for, you know, the next six, seven, eight, nine years. Uh, and I think that, uh, again, you gave up a lot, but now you keep him here for the foreseeable future. So I think it's a deal that Brave fans probably don't know a whole lot about this guy playing on the West coast, playing in Oakland, you don't see them on national TV ever, uh, and I've told a lot of folks around here, I think you're really going to like this guy once you see him come spring training. Obviously, Cardinals fans are, are looking at this, and not just from a, a Sean Murphy perspective, but also from a William Contreras perspective, because he goes to a division rival in Milwaukee. He's Wilson's brother, so you have that whole thing going on. It almost felt like Milwaukee kind of swooped into that three-team trade and may have been in as good a position as any of the three teams. Yeah, and Matt, I'll say this. Your, your Cardinal fan probably doesn't want to hear this, but that, that's a pretty good player that, that the Brewers got. Um, had a really, really nice season, uh, a breakout season, a, a year that, Matt, he wasn't even supposed to be here. You go back to the start of 2022, and it was supposed to be Travis Darno and Manny Pena as his backup. Well, Pena got hurt very early on in the season, and Contreras was just thrust into action 
And all of a sudden, here he is, you know, as the catcher, as the DH. He was playing more times than not, and he was coming up with some really, really big base hits for this team. So, um, you know, again, I think a lot of folks felt like Contreras was the guy of the future, uh, but the Braves were really high on Murphy. I think they upgraded defensively. They got a a guy that's got the second-best pop time in baseball. Uh, He can hit. He can hit for average. He can hit for power. Uh, I think they just got a a more well-rounded player in return. He's a little bit older. He's a little bit more of a veteran guy. Contreras still a young guy finding his way. But, um, you know, again, that was, a, that was a tough pill for some Braves fans to swallow because they really uh, embraced William Contreras. And, he, again, he had some really big moments for this team. So, obviously, he'll get to play his brother a whole lot more now that he's in the Central. It's pretty clear who the upper echelon teams in the National League are, and the Braves are joined by teams like the Dodgers and the Mets and the Padres and the Phillies. But the difference being is, for the most part, the Braves have uh, brought up players and then locked them into long-term deals where those other teams that I mentioned like to spend tons and tons of money in free agency. I know you're there, but I mean, I just, I look at the Braves and I go, man, this is, this is an organization that values the players that are already there and contributing, make sure that they don't go anywhere. And it just really seems like a very well-run organization. That's it's almost just turned into a machine the way they do it. Yeah, Matt, Alex Anthopoulos has done a tremendous job since he took over as general manager and, and president of baseball operations. I mean, you look at the deals that he signed, uh, the biggest in franchise history as Matt Olson only to be surpassed a few months later by Austin Riley. You've got Ronald Acuna locked up. You've got Ozzy Albies under a very team-friendly deal. Michael Harris, Spencer Strider. Now you throw Sean Murphy in the mix as well. Uh, this is a team that's built to win not only now but for the foreseeable future. And I know some folks nationally have been outspoken about the Braves and said, well, it's not really right what they're doing. They're paying guys under market value or at least what they feel like is under market value. And I've always countered with This is life-changing money for the player. Think about Ronald Acuna. Matt, he'll be 30 years old when that $100 million deal expires and still in a position where he can get a tremendously huge contract for the second half of his career if he stays healthy. So, you know, look, it's, it's guaranteed money now. It's helping the team contend not only now but in the future as well. Um, so I, I really I, I'm impressed with what Alex has been able to do. And, and to anybody that gets mad about the Braves and they're not paying guys enough or whatever, remember the players don't have to sign these deals. They're they're not they're they're not being held you know against their will to sign these long term contracts. They want to do it because they want to play here, and I, I think there's something to be said about that. I always go back to that John Singleton deal years and years ago. I think when he was with the Astros, and everybody was so upset about that because he hadn't even played in the big leagues yet, and he was locked in this long term contract, and people were mad at him for taking the money, basically undercutting his ability to have future earnings. Well. I know he's been kicking around a little bit over the last year or two, but he never he never turned into the guy that people thought he was going to turn into, and that was that same life changing money. So when I got no problem with players accepting the buyout of arbitration years and the buyout of club control years to make a little money, and like you mentioned, you're still getting free agency in your early 30s. You got a chance to come up with that huge payday. I think about Scott Kingery as well in Philadelphia. He got paid. I think it was a five year deal before he even got to the big league. So it looks, it's a roll of the dice. There's no doubt. There, the, it, it's, it's, you know, again, for anybody that wants to question it, think about it from the Braves perspective, they're putting a lot of stock and a lot of confidence in what they've seen in players in a short amount of time. I mean, Michael Harris comes up and, you know, four months into his big league career is handed $75 million. 
Um, you know, again, he goes on and wins the rookie of the year and had a, a, a great year, uh, but there's no guarantee that he's going to turn into the player that they think he is. There's no guarantee Spencer Strider stays healthy throughout the course of, of his contract. It's just, I, I think the other way to look at it is, is the Braves are putting a lot of faith and a lot of stock in what they've seen in a relatively small sample size. So uh, again, I think when you roll the dice like that, it's not always going to work, right? Maybe two or three of these deals might not work out long-term, uh, but I, I applaud Alex Anthopoulos for, for, for how he's handled these things and, again, how he's kept the majority of this core together for basically the next decade moving forward. Kevin McAlpin covers the Braves. He's the pre- and post-game host on the Braves radio network. So that brings us to Dansby Swanson. And when he was out there, I kept saying over and over and over that the biggest indictment on Swanson is the fact that he didn't sign a long-term deal with the Braves because the Braves have that track record that if they want you to be around for a long time, they're going to find a way to get that deal done. He ends up signing the $177 million contract with the Cubs where he's making about $25 million a year. He's a good player but Kevin is he a 25 million dollar a year player not if I'm a GM no and I I think that you know put it in perspective you know a year ago we were all talking about Freddie Freeman and will he be back or will he not Matt Dansby got more money than Freddie Freeman who's got an MVP Hmm. under his belt now I'll say this about Dansby and I've known him since the day he was called up to the big leagues Uh, he's a really good player and I've heard Brian Snitker I've heard Alex Anthopoulos praise him for being a winner you know, for the kind of player that he is but 25 million dollars a year for seven years boy that is that's a lot of money and look I don't fault Dansby for taking the money uh, at all I mean look there's a there's a lot of reasons why the Cubs are a good fit for him but no I, I think the way that you've seen the Braves handle these things I don't think they were you know interested in going really beyond like four or five years I know that there was the talk of about a four or five year hundred and some odd million dollar deal I think that's about as high as they wanted to go. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm not mad at Dansby. He'll never pay for a beer in this town again. He's a hometown kid. He's got a World Series title under his belt. And I know a lot of folks here will uh, give him quite the ovation when the Cubs come to town uh, in September. But, um, no, I, I don't personally feel like he is a $25 million a year guy. We're seeing more and more of these double-digit year deals, the 10, 11, 12, 13-year deals. Most of them got signed. The Carlos Correa deal is still sitting out there uh, as he's agreed with two separate teams, and each team has come and looked at the medicals, and it, it just hasn't worked out. I don't even know what my question is here other than as you watch this Carlos Correa situation play out, how, how do you view it? How, how, what's the, what are your takeaways from what we're seeing? Completely bizarre. Yeah. I, mean, I, can't, I can't remember. You know, it's funny, too, because the, the morning I woke up to – 800 alerts on my phone about Correa and all of a sudden going to the Mets, I'm thinking, what in the world did I miss? I went to bed early. You know, I go to bed early, I, go to, I guess at a normal hour in the off season because I'm up till, you know, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning during baseball season. And I'm like, boy, I missed quite a night that night. But uh, I woke up and I, the first thing I did was put on KNBR out in San Francisco and it's, you know, 5.30 in the morning and I'm listening to their hosts and their reaction of everything going on. They lose, on, they lose on Aaron Judge and then Carlos Correa. What a rough offseason it's been for them. Uh, but, yeah, it's just bizarre. And, obviously, there's something going on with these medicals that two teams now have had red flags. And we joked about it locally here in Atlanta. If he fails 28 more physicals, maybe, just maybe, he'll play shortstop for the Braves this coming season. But, uh, no, it's, I, I can't remember another player in an offseason where we've had you know two different teams now with some serious questions. I think he's still going to end up in New York. It just feels like that's going to happen. 
Does it happen on the terms that they've talked about already? I don't know that. I think there's some serious uh, concerns about what they've seen there. And I know Braves fans would love for him to maybe, you know, go play in, you know, Japan or, or uh, Korea, just get him as far away from uh, having to play in the, in the national <laughs> league East as possible, uh, because he is a very talented player when he's healthy. Man, that do, uh, So we were looking at it when, uh, when, when, when Skip Schumacher got the, the Marlins job, like it, it doesn't matter how good of a manager you are. If you're going to Miami, like, you're just not going to win in that division. Yeah. No, you know, and we, it's funny you said that because we've talked about it on the pregame show here in Atlanta the last couple of years. Every time the Braves play the Marlins, they show Don Mattingly in the dugout. And it's just, it's almost like you want to give him a hug. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's rough sledding down there. And, you know, it's a nice ballpark. Uh, if you've never been down to Lone Depot Park, I, I kind of like it. I'm a little mad at them for taking away the, uh, the big dancing, uh, you know, dolphin statue out there in center field. I, I, I think I'm the only person that actually liked that thing. But, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough place to win. And, you know, look, give them credit. The last couple off seasons, they've spent some money with El Garcia and Jorge Soler. And it's not that they're not spending money, but they, in this division, when you've got Steve Cohen, who's got essentially unlimited funds to spend – the Phillies have a $2 billion TV deal. They can spend a lot of money. Braves had 3.1 million fans go through the gates this year. You know, they can spend money. Nationals and Marlins really have their work cut out for them. So Schumacher, I like him as a player, but man, I, I think it's going to be some tough sledding for him down there in South Florida. Yeah, I, I unfortunately think I agree. You just It's too tough at the top of that division. He is Kevin McAlpin. You hear him on the Braves Radio Network, also on 680 The Fan. You follow him on Twitter at Kevin McAlpin. Kevin, always great to catch up with you. Enjoy the rest of the offseason, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking again real soon. All right, Matt. Be well, buddy. Awesome. Very good. There's Kevin McAlpin joining us here on Sports Open Line. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk some St. Louis Blues hockey. They're back at this evening. They take on the Chicago Blackhawks. I see a little bit of traffic out there as uh, folks are making their way into the Enterprise Center. We'll preview tonight's game. We'll hear from head coach Craig Berube. We'll do that next at Sports Open Line on KMOX. Sports Open Line rolling on here on a Thursday night. I keep wanting to say Monday night because this is my first Sports Open Line of the week. We didn't work on Monday for uh, Christmas, and then I was filling in on the show on Tuesday and Wednesday, and we had Countdown to Opening Day last night, uh, which is different from Sports Open Line, so it's my first Sports Open Line of the week, and it feels like Monday. It's not Monday. It is Thursday. In fact, we have Thursday Night Football coming up later on this evening. The Cowboys and the Titans are going to match up against each other. Some college football going on right now. We'll update you on some of that coming up uh, later on in the program. But let's talk some St. Louis Blues hockey. They get back at tonight looking to end a losing streak. We have said that way too many times this year as a number of games have been played this year where they have been on a losing streak right now. It is a three-gamer. Last time out was on Tuesday night when they played host to Toronto, their first game after the holiday break. They lost that game in overtime, 5-4. Game two of this three-game homestand tonight as they match up against Chicago. Puck drop in about uh, 20 minutes, about uh, three blocks from where we are located here in downtown St. Louis over at the Enterprise Center. Head coach Craig Berube uh, spoke uh, with the media earlier today, had a few things to uh, talk about. Um, Talked about some individual players, and there are a number of players who are not performing at a level that you would expect them to perform at based off their track record. 
And maybe number one on that list is Ryan O'Reilly. You just look at his numbers for this year, and you don't totally get it because if there's a guy who's going to like have his production dip and it's not it's not going to be a Ryan O'Reilly generally because he's somebody who's out there. He's as good of a character guy. He's as good of a hard work worker as there is. It just it doesn't make much sense. But the numbers are what the numbers are. Like Jay Z likes to say, "Men lie, women lie, numbers don't." The numbers are what the numbers are on Ryan O'Reilly and uh, Craig Berube did talk about him uh, earlier today. Well, I don't think it's been easy for him or, or us um, to find a winger that really, you know, works there and it's consistent. I mean, it's he's had a bunch of moving guys there, and he's he's a true pro. He deals with it, and, you know, like I said, he puts a lot of it on himself. That's the type of player and person he is. Um, and he just wants the team to have success. That's it. And, and that might be part of it because we have seen the consistent moving of lines uh, a lot. We've seen it a lot. In fact, so the lines tonight, uh, Riley expected to center that first line with uh, Pavel Bujanovic and Braden Chin. Then Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, and uh, Ivan Barbashev uh, is the second line. You have the Achari Saad Brown line, number three, and then uh, Torpchenko, Walker, and Levo uh, is the fourth line. Uh, as far as what they are doing from a defensive sp- uh, standpoint, there's some questions, Mark. There's questions there, especially with Tory Krug. He's going to be out. They're not. They're going to reevaluate him in more than a month. And can this group, as it is built right now, uh, can can this group would need do what they need them to do from a defensive standpoint? Uh, one half of your top defensive pairing is Colton Pareko. One hundred percent skating and shooting a puck. You know, he had seven attempts last game, five on that. You know, it's a good night. And we need him to keep pounding those pucks. Um, that's important. And uh, obviously, you know, I think when he's skating and closing plays out, but skating a puck out of our zones, getting up the ice, he's effective, really effective. He is a uh, team there with uh, Nico Mikola uh, at the top of the, uh, in that top defensive uh, pairing. And Barubi talked about that group. Yeah, they played a lot together last year. I mean, before. Letty got here, you know, I think he probably had half a season with Scandell and half a season with Mikola. So, um, you know, it's, I don't think it's going to be a big change for him, to be honest with you. Um, the only change, like, the only change would be, Letty does skate a lot of pucks out of our zone. Um, so, that might be the one change. Does playing with Mikola give Colton maybe a more opportunities to maybe pinch in offensively too? Yeah, and get up the ice more. Like, Leds does get up the ice a lot with the puck, so Perinko stays back. But now, you know, Perinko will be able to do, you know, get up the ice. And Mikula gets up the ice pretty well too, to be honest with you. Nick Letty now being paired with Justin Falk. Callie Rosen is now being paired with Robert Bortuzzo. A few other things I uh, talked about earlier today. The uh, power play, how much can it improve? Uh, we can still be a lot better, though, I believe. Um, there's still room for improvement. Um, for me, it would be a little more action at the net. I think last game, before we scored... You know, there was um, too much, you know, 
like it was a lot of pressure by Toronto, but it wasn't pass, pass, shoot. You know, it wasn't that thought process, and it has to be a little bit more of that. So they're going to match up with a Blackhawks team tonight, and this is a Blackhawks team that, uh, with all due respect to them, is not very good. They have 20 points. They have a record of 8-21-4. Their 20 points are the least points of any team in the National Hockey League. The Columbus Blue Jackets, second on that list with uh, 22. They just have not performed well. Their goal differential this year, this is, you see this number and you go, can that be real? Is that a real number? They are minus 50 in goal differential. Now, that's actually not the worst in the NHL. The Anaheim Ducks, who have four more points than the Blackhawks, but have also played three more games than them. So we can argue whether the Blackhawks or the Ducks are maybe the worst team uh, in the NHL. The Anaheim Ducks have a minus 62 goal differential in, in 36 games. A minus 62 in 36 games. So... They're sitting there getting outscored by almost two goals a game. Blackhawks saying they're minus 50 in 33 games, so they're getting outscored by a goal and a half or so uh, per game. All that being said, Craig Berube made it very clear they are not taking this Blackhawks team lightly. We're not going to take, we're not, you know, we wouldn't think like that. Um, hope, you know, our guys would be prepared. Uh, they're still a dangerous team. they got good players. And like you said, we need the points. Kane still very effective players. Yes. They need the points. They need wins. They need to find consistency. And the thing that I'm harping on right now, we talked about it earlier, they need to be able to get to a pretty high level of play and stay there and not fall off because it's these waves and the waves turn into periods of winning and periods of losing. They go through waves of winning and waves of losing. And what coincides with that is waves of playing at a certain level and then waves of playing at a different level than that. And the word that we're using right now to describe the St. Louis Blues is absolutely infuriating because you know they can be better than they are. They're seeing with a record of 16-16-3. and three. Next two games at home, tonight against Chicago, and then Saturday they're going to uh, match up against Minnesota. We'll take one more break. When we come back, we'll talk some college sports a little bit uh, on the bowl games that are uh, going on. Uh, there is a game going on right now, the Cheez-It Bowl. We had a riveting conversation about Cheez-Its the other day when I was in with uh, Chris Ranji on the show. And we'll talk uh, Missouri basketball after their big win yesterday against Kentucky. We'll do that next. It's Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley. This is KMOX. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam. This is Sports Open Line on America's Sports Voice. Kansas City. KMOX. Just a few minutes left in the program, taking you till 7 o'clock, and then we will give way to Thursday night football. The matchup tonight, the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans. This game means absolutely nothing for the Titans tonight. They can win their division by just beating Jacksonville coming up uh, next week. And they're not playing many guys. They've got a ton of guys who are out due to injury. They've got the quick turnaround. It's pretty clear. They're not taking this game seriously. But if you're a Cowboys fan, because I, I, I'm friends with many, these are the kind of games the Cowboys lose. The games where you look at and you go, there's no way the Cowboys can lose that game. That's the game the Cowboys find a way to lose. We are smack dab in the middle of bowl season. 
the Pinstripe Bowl played earlier today. They did good in the Pinstripe Bowl of getting cold-weather teams there. If you're going to play a bowl game uh, in New York, you need cold-weather teams. They got Minnesota and Syracuse. Minnesota won that game 28-20. The Cheez-It Bowl being played right now. Oklahoma leads Florida State 17-11. Matt Pajeski, I know what you're talking I know you're aware of this. Uh, Chris Ranji brought this up with me the other day. There was a representative for the Cheez-It Bowl. It's still not clear to me if that person is an employee of Cheez-It or an employee of, like, the bowl game. But we were informed earlier this week that the plural form of Cheez-It is not Cheez-Its, as most people would say, but it is actually Cheez-It crackers. It's definitely Cheez-Its. It's Cheez-Its. But they got us talking about it, right? Is that yeah. Was that the whole goal here? I don't know. I think it's some guy who uh, just wants to be right about something that no one really cares about, and then people talk about it. So, yeah, I guess you're right. Do you like Cheez-Its? I love Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its are the best. Now, do, are you always just the classic Cheez-Its? Or I like to you... mix it up. I like the white cheddar. White like the, cheddar's the good. grooves. Okay. Yeah. This is a, now, we're, now we're advertising Cheez-Its. That's fine. Uh, my wife likes the ones that are, like, baked, really heavy baked ones. Yeah, They're a little bit too. darker. Yeah, those are good. And they bring in different flavors. They're always... You know, you go into the grocery aisles and go to the Cheez-It section. You never know what you might see. Right. I said the Cheez-It is the snack that if you get the generic version of it, though, it's nowhere near as good. Like, you go to Aldi, and I'm a big Aldi guy. Aldi's. (laughs) That's what, see? It's the same thing. I call it Aldi's. The plural of Aldi is Aldi's. Aldi grocery store. (laughs) Uh, I go there. Like, you get the the Aldi brand of most snacks, and they taste very similar to the actual snack. If you go get, they call them baked cheese crackers. If you go get the Aldi, and this is, I'm sorry, Aldi, I'm not trying to trying to throw you under the bus here, but if you go get the Aldi baked cheese crackers, expecting them to taste like Cheez-Its, you are going to be sorely, sorely disappointed. Yeah, I mean, that's not a, that's not a surprise. Cheez-Its, they're... Uh... If they 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 are unique in their cheesy goodness, and nobody can replicate that. Unique in their cheesy goodness, says Matt Pajeski. So the Cheez-It Bowl going on right now. Florida State's got the football. Oklahoma has uh, the lead. And then tonight, the Alamo Bowl. Texas against Washington. That's a pretty good game. That's going to be played in San Antonio. College basketball, busy night tonight. Of course, yesterday, the big news was Missouri getting the win against Kentucky, 89-75. I'm really excited for... Uh, the Tigers and what they're trying to do as um, it, it's just it's clicked so fast and it might not stay clicked. It may not stay together. Uh, this is this is a, a first year coach with a roster that was built very quickly and more and more film is going to be out. And the SEC is a really, really tough league. They're going to be challenged on an every single night basis, but for them to start 12 and one for them to win their conference opener against the top 20 team, for them to have back-to-back wins against ranked teams for them to do what they are doing. And their only loss coming against a top 10 team and Kansas, who was ranked sixth at the time, you just have to really take a step back and appreciate what's going on right now. And again, if, if things start to fall off, if, if conference play gets the best of them, it does. And 
that's okay because I think we've already seen what is being built in Columbia and the type of coach that Dennis Gates is. There's no reason to be anything but excited about what's going on right there. So that's a great win for them. They've got another tough test and a game that they, they likely will not win. They They were likely to not win yesterday, and they won. They are likely not to win in their next game, which will be next week when they go to Arkansas. Uh, playing, obviously, on the road against the top 10 team is a little bit different than what they had yesterday. But there will be rankings will come out before that game, and I would be beyond shocked if they are not in the top 25. You would think that they come in probably 18, 19, 20, somewhere in there. Uh, the rest of the college basketball schedule for uh, this evening in the Missouri Valley Conference tonight, Southern Illinois on the road to take on Murray State. That's a tough place to play in Murray, Kentucky. That's a really, really tough place to play. So we'll see what Southern Illinois is able to do against them tonight. And then a very busy night tonight in the Ohio Valley Conference. I didn't even mention Illinois. Illinois, they've got uh, Bethune-Cookman uh, in Champaign in a non-league game. And then league action tonight in the Ohio Valley. SIUE opening up league play against Tennessee Tech. Southeast Missouri State opening up league play in Evansville against Southern Indiana. And Lindenwood opening up league play in Charleston as they are going to take on Eastern Illinois. All right, that's going to do it for uh, this edition of Sports Open Line. Thanks so much for uh, being tuned in. Again, we've got Thursday night football coming your way tonight. Cowboys, Titans, uh, back for a two-hour show tomorrow night as we are going to have our uh, final show of calendar year 2022. And it's going to be the full 6 o'clock to uh, 8 o'clock program tomorrow. So look forward to talking to you then. Thursday night football, it is on the way next right here on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.